Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on our preferred Sunday time slot of, oh, we're just approaching 2 p.m. Sunday, 5th of July, new financial year, first show of the new financial year. Um, beautiful Sydney Portier day here. We are getting some football that we will be salivating over in Brookvale later. Return to Brookvale. It's a pity Tom T won't be playing. We're going to cover that game later. But as always, coming to the Rishes Legal Council, as per usual. Big thanks and a shout out to Rishes. Nothing freshes, nothing refreshes like Rishes. Is one test Thunderino ex controversial exit board member of the Hong Kong Rugby League. Jack, how's it going, mate? Yeah, it's all bullshit that introduction. But I just didn't even realise the Eagles were playing at Brookie. I mean, I just being in a different state. So they're all going back to their normal home grounds now. That's brilliant. So. There'll be a bit of a crowd at Brookie Wall there. Well, what's you're at a ten thousand limit, is that right? No. Yeah, that's yeah, that all look quite good in Brookie to be honest. Um what's Brookvale called now? Uh Lotto Land. Woo-wee. So Lotto Land's up, up there with it's the it's one of the Delhi finalists for the worst names for rugby league ground with like one three hundred smile stadium. Yeah, Lotto Land. I thought that they kept i think this might be the last year for lotto land so potentially next year should things go to plan the eagles might be playing at legal council stadium in brookville uh, you know, and the other thing is i actually st- but you know when i was young i didn't really realize about like the commercials or the, the commercial realities and i just thought newcastle's home ground was called marathon stadium i don't know i thought they finished a mar- the newcastle marathon there or something so i didn't actually know marathon was a tires so I still actually call it Marathon Stadium. That's just clicked for me. What? You didn't, you didn't know that either? Oh, there's a part of me that thought maybe Marathon was the suburb that... Um, yeah, won't make me. You know, like what many people call Mount Smart. Um, well, Mount Smart is a... There's a Mount Smart just around there. Um, yeah. Many people call that Penrose Park because it's in Penrose. It was Ericsson Stadium for a number of years. Yeah, Ericsson Stadium. I think it was Ericsson in 95 when we first came to the comp, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's actually interesting that they can't get a naming sponsor, but I think maybe it's actually it's something to do with Auckland Super City that it actually probably isn't allowed to have a naming rights sponsor. Why what, what, what wouldn't it be able to be anyway? I, they should be able to get, like, I don't know, Best Food Stadium or something. Well, it's clearly Eden Park is Eden Park and it's owned by a trust and I think Mount Smart is trust based as well but you'd think they'd be trying to commercialise it yeah I find that strange any Kiwi listeners out there that can shoot us a tweet and let us know why Mount Smart isn't called um, Best Food Mayonnaise Stadium 
Then, I, I reckon uh, Bot's a chance for knowing that. Mm. Shout out to Grant Morrison, big fan of the show. Big Warriors, man. Should we start with the Warriors? I feel like because yeah, we know our audience is predominantly Australian, but we've got the diehard Kiwis, we tend to, A, because we're, we've had a tough time lately, but B, we want to have a balanced show. We kind of push the Warriors to the end of the queue in terms of the show. Just, mate, take it away. Talk to me about last night's game. Um, okay. I was really looking forward to it. 5.30 p.m. on a Saturday. Now, I was thinking to myself, real, in, in a normal world, this game would be have no real interest for anyone. Like, I don't know, 13th versus 14th. Um, but even like people that had no affiliation with Warriors and Broncos, I think really enjoyed that game. And I, I'm starting to think that the, the, that the circus that we have around our game actually makes those games so interesting. I mean, you know, the backstory is the Brisbane Broncos are coached by this absolute, uh, what's the, uh, enigmatic, oh, is that the right word? Just a guy that you either love him or hate him, and most people will hate him, losing uh, five in a row in a one-town team, all that sort of stuff. There's the Warriors, a new coach on the road, COVID crisis. It just... It just had the whole. Like, it won't have really any real impact on the top eight or the end of the season. But just there was just they were the, the the players were sort of desperate in different ways. It was just a good game of football. It fucking made me wild. I tell you, so many people that um you know you associate like there was so many eyes on this game, and I was jumped on the social media beforehand, scrolling through Twitter. Everyone was watching it through their love and support of the Warriors for keeping the competition competition going. And as you say, like Anthony Seabold somehow has drawn the ire of rugby league fans like, you know, like a beacon. He is hated. And it's interesting. I was chatting to a bloke this morning who um, knows someone that works for the Broncos club and said he loves Seabold. And you either love Seabold, there's players that absolutely love him and there's players yep. that hate him. And again, I heard that same thing. He's so intelligent and this and this. And apparently, the, the, where's, where it boils down to with Seabolt, apparently his game plans and and everything um, is, is just brilliant. Very, very smart guy. Awesome. But his, he cannot connect with players. He struggles to do that. He struggles. I think players can't understand where he's coming from, the way he talks, the way he speaks, um, kind of alienates people. Um, and... Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It might alienate the average league fan, almost like Cooper Cronk used to. He's he's definitely Cooper Cronk's. He he's doing well from a as we've said many times from an analyst perspective. But yeah, but Seabold, um, just I, I think he does have a bit of support. But you know, people are probably perplexed as why they're losing the Broncos. Interesting to see. But anyway, take take us through the game because it was our origin, wasn't it? Uh, it was, oh, I wouldn't go that far. Grand what, final, what, 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 sorry, I was going to say grand final. It was our grand, grand final. final. Jeez, watch it. Um, look, so I actually, I had to go pick the wife up from work at half past five, so I sort of missed the first five minutes. Then I was sort of got home with dinner, trying to get the TV on, sort of got it on, and and it, it, we were 4-0 when I came home, and I uh, coached this dry, and then, you know that feeling, like you're just trying to get the TV on, well, the dinner's getting ready in the background. I'm like, fuck, I knew it. We we're going to score another try. Even though when I got out of the car, we were attacking. Mm. And then I, I turned the score, I got the final and got the TV on, and we're in a huddle behind our fucking line doing the um, 
the breathing. So I was like, oh, fuck. But 10-0, and I thought, um, but I'm thinking, oh, yeah, the Broncos are due. The Broncos are due. So I kept hanging in there. And then we somehow got that try. Oh, and I would just eat that try out from Mamalo mm. um, before halftime. And then I just – I'm on a, one of the league forums and Trent Trent Thompson, a shout-out to Trent, his old man played for Belmain in the 60s, 70s. Um, he said if Warriors score next just before Mamalo's try, they'll win it. And I respect his league brain. So as soon as – I was like, fuck, we've got a chance here. And then obviously the second half, it was just like not probably not like, but when you compare it to the game afterwards, like you look back and go, "Fuck, that's not very good league." But geez, it was just interesting, and and we and we and we did. And then the other thing was, it was almost like uh, like cricket, where you've got a team under heaps of pressure, and you sort of know that if you get a couple of quick wickets, they're just going to fold. And that, that was sort of the what the poor old Broncos, that was what was going to happen. They they were never going to win one if it was getting tight and there was pressure on. No, good good summation. And um, as you say, that try at the end of the first half just gave me hope because and, and we ended up getting flogged. But if you look at the first 20 minutes versus the, the Rabbitohs and the Storm, you wouldn't believe the end scoreline because we were right in the game. But as we said last week, the crippling pressure, not just in the game and outside the game. I think the Warriors are going to fold easier than most, you know, previous iterations of the team this year if they get a lot of pressure on them, given what's going on. But I made a massive call about Blake Green. I think I threw it out. I said he's as menacing as mid-strength bear. And then literally the next 45 minutes was a Blake Green masterclass, like a 40-20 earlier in the count, went down there, he had a try assist, he commanded the game. We The only mistake we made in the second half was Hiku and Mamalo, classic mix-up. Um, like one of those ones when, you know, it's a tight one-day cricket game and there's two outfielders running and then neither one of them wants to drop the ball, so they just stop and the ball yeah, passes. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, the Broncos come through and score. But even then I thought, nah, we actually looked the better team and the Broncos are scared of losing. And the moment that you get scared of losing, even when you have a lead, is just, it's the rugby league karma gods. Like like when you said yeah. before with karma, if you are watching the Warriors and you go offline for five minutes, it, it be it you're walking from the car to your house or you're yeah. going from, you know, to go for a piss at the pub to come out, there is a 98.9% chance <laughs> of the Warriors conceding a try. It's just yeah. this unwritten rule. You cannot leave the TV. And if that means pissing yourself, it means pissing yourself. It'll dry. Yeah. I mean, Blake Green, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of going to, he played well, but I'm sort of thinking, do, do you really need to get your ass kicked about you're not pulling your weight and we're not re-signing you for to put a performance in like that? I know it's a, but it, I mean, you can you can actually uh, put that criticism of Bully as well, how he definitely, when he was playing for a contract and that, Oh, I don't know. I mean, but I, I, you'd admit, Rui Harry, I've been one of probably Blake Green's biggest sort of fans. But this yeah. year, he really um, annoyed me. But he played well last night. But it might have been the kick up the ass from the, from the, the owner. owner. Well, yeah. the owner midweek came out randomly, sitting in a car doing a doing an interview out of nowhere to to New Zealand Channel One in New Zealand, and said, "Right, Blake Green's not getting resigned. Neither is Jared Bill and Steve Kearney. Yeah, he had to go. Didn't have a personality. We need a coach with a personality." He comes out there, shoots from the hip, and that's the first that Blake Green heard about it. Um, and look, in many ways, I think Blake Green has done... He was bought to the club to be the foil for Sean Johnson. And and for so many years before that, 
The Warriors struggled with a fall for Sean Johnson. They had Jeff Robson. Obviously, Maloney in the early days was fantastic, but they never quite felt uh, they had that combination. And Johnson left in Green after 2018, and then Green was kind of, you know, playing with the Nicarimas and the Chanel's, etc. So I think Blake Green, I'd love to see him finish strongly, but I don't know if he's the... It wouldn't be a good signing if we sign him for another year, but I think he's definitely got football left in him. That, you know, him going back to Manly, him going to the Tigers, him going to, you know, even, um, you know, teams like the Dragons or something that just need a, uh, a mature adult, then Blake Green's got plenty of football left in him in the right environment. Um, but yeah, strange call from the Warriors' owner. I, I just love the... It just shows the blueprint for rugby league and certainly the Warriors these days is if you have big outside backs that carry the ball outside of your red zone while the props are getting their breath back after chasing a setback. And it was the model that the Warriors took to the 2011 Grand Final when they had Vaduve, Bill Tupo, and even Lewis Brown, um, Brent Tate, taking the ball out. And then the props will be hitting, you know... Fourth, third and fourth tackles rather than those tough tackles when they're fucking fatigued. Malmalo and Fusito is best game since 2018. Um, yeah. Okay. He did play all right. Yeah. Oh, especially those balls he was taking. He was bending the line though, Jack. Like, he yeah, was you're right. The line. And, and Malmalo does the thing when he's tackled, but his leg drive takes him, you know, seven or eight yeah. meters and, and, and he's still got three people on him, which means the next run from dummy half, be oh, yeah. Heku or. Lawton or someone else, they well, can scoot around yeah. and they can see a hole. So that is the blueprint in modern day rugby league. And, and you look at who are the do- good teams right now. You know the Eels have got Ferguson and Sivo. Um, the Storm have got Vonivalu and Adokar. And you know Adokar uses speed, but they still take those early yeah. early runs. You know, obviously the Roosters have got Morris and Tupo, um, and that is the model. Like that, you need to have big outside backs. It's, it's an absolute must these days. And Malmalo was phenomenal. Um, to lose Nicarima early, and to still go, I loved seeing Chanel out there. And I just, I, I want to see him. I want to see him have the football in his hands more often for the rest of the season. But um, big win. Horrible to see um, Alex Glenn in tears and Brody Croft. I respect Brody Croft. He obviously gives a shit. You know, he's yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you see Darius's uh, interview after the game? Shocking. Oh, well, I, I, but I, apparently he might have Asperger's or something. But I just, oh, you just fake a bit more. Um, you fake a bit more uh, guffiness, I guess. Like, Glenn is from and the same contact I was chatting to this morning. He just said Glenn is just beloved by the Broncos, just an absolute gentleman, and it shows the way that he kind of fronts up. You know, he's he's not he's not yeah. he's fine showing his emotions, but. The same guy said that Darius is just the kind of guy that um, just blatantly just never follows instructions in terms of people around the club telling him to do shit. Kind of runs his own race. And I think, you know, has Darius done anything outside of Wayne Bennett? No. And and that signing, that's going to haunt them. Thank God he's retiring at the end of the year. Um, he's not doing his legacy because Darius was a phenomenal player and and. I think that no one was going to remember him for how good he was because these last two years. Yep, I'd say I'd agree with that. Um, let's just rewind a bit. I think for me, fuck, I love this this game, this this round of footy again on top of last week. There's a lot more questions about the eight now, isn't there? 
there is there is a lot more um I want to say uncertainty around people's positions in the eight. And, and you can kind of even, um, we were saying the Roosters were a one away train, but they can be beaten as you saw on Friday night. But um, Yeah, what- so I was staring at the ceiling last night going to bed. And I think I, div- look, I think for me, there's still the eight teams, but now there is from two weeks ago, now there's 10 going for eight, but the last two Tigers and Sharks I think uh, you know twenty percent or less chance of actually making the eight. So you've got eels, panthers, storm, roosters are locks. Okay. Oh, yep. Then you've got there is a world where the raiders and the knights don't make it, but you know you'd say they're pretty safe. I think so. Yeah. The knights, um, mainly today, is a fucking huge game. Huge. It's big. Game. But it's six thirty p.m., which ruins it. That's no, not. It's four. Is it? Oh, yeah, you're right. And then Rabbitohs, Dogs at 630, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you've got 5th and 6th Raiders Knights looking okay. I think Raiders now, injury-wise, they're going to have to patch themselves to give the next few weeks. Then you've got Manly, who are obviously outside the 8 now. Um, depends on how bad this Tom Trebojevic, but I would say that they are pretty good odds to be making the 8. You know, they're in that Raiders Knights, you know, zone now. They're still, if they get fit, I still like them to challenge, but you know, circumstances have, have prevented Manly from being absolute locks. So that's seven teams. Sorry, that's eight teams. Okay, yeah. Then, and then you've you... got... No, that's seven teams. Then you've got the Sharks and Tigers. No, no, no. And Sorry. Rabbits. You've... Rabbits is eight for me. Like, Rabbits, they put a book into the eight, and then there's... No. So so Eels, Panthers, Storm, Roosters, four. The top Raiders, four, yep. Raiders, Knights, five, six. Seven, Manly. Yep, okay. eight. Bunnies. So you think the bunnies, you have the bunnies ahead of the sharks and the tigers. Yes, I do quite convincingly, but they could miss out. But I, I can't. But the bunnies aren't playing. They haven't been really that bad. But I, I don't know where this is coming from. Like, yes, they haven't been at their best, but they've got like one of the world's best players not even firing. Yeah, they're three and four. And in all likelihood, they go to four and four. They get into eighth spot. And depending on what happens with Manly, um, but yeah, they've got a decent roster. They've got a they've got a top eight roster. But I think that battle for the the battle from five, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are the teams. Now, if we just round out, unfortunately, Broncos aren't making the eight. Unfortunately, the Titans aren't making the eight. The Dragons aren't making the eight. The Cowboys aren't making the eight. Do I say the Warriors aren't making the eight? They're not making the eight. Come on, the Warriors. No. Not not away from home. Not, I mean, we're at home if we're at home. So I'll just say this: three and five is more often than not. If we've made the eight, we're always three and five to start the season. It's a real <laughs> warrior start. Oh, I don't know. I'd actually like to see the stats on there. I think that's a bit. We're gone. Point. We're gone. We're so, gone. Yeah, and so then you got ten teams. Ten teams going for eight spots. Yeah, but there's a but there's, you know. As I, as I mentioned, I think the Knights, very clinical side, right? On paper, they don't actually look like a top eight side. They on look paper. great on paper. I keep saying this. Clemmer, but... Ponga, Pierce, Safidi. Yep. And then, and then a couple you're of nice Fitzgibbon. Like and Nari Koala. And... Oh, that's just vomit. 
Fitzgerald oh, no, and Shibasaki oh, and oh, you got Bradman Best who's exciting. I like Fitzgerald yeah. and Barnett. So there's a bit there, but there's not. And James Rayleigh injury. Uh, uh, I don't know. And like just stuff like Tex Hoy. I mean, they've got they they definitely look like look like they're they're well coached. They are. We, we've said it on the show. There's no doubt about it. They're a well coached side. Um, the Cowboys. They got finger fucked. No, they got way more than finger fucked. They got an absolute ass fucking up on um, Friday night. Was it at their home turf? No, it was at Pink West. Oh. Um, so midweek legal counsel did a survey on Twitter, and it was Radradra or Sivo. And what was it? Fifty six percent to forty four percent. To Radradra as a better rugby league player. To, to Radradra. <laughs> But how many people now? How close is it now? I think which I think it would switch around. Um, I think it would be now fifty four percent. I mean, Rabrada was a fucking freak. Let's not get, get us wrong. But so is Simo, oh. and he Lewis invented the world word untackleable. Like sometimes he is untackleable. That close to the line. He's he's just his sinew, his granite. muscle. He's granite. Yeah, he he's so. A very hard player to tackle back in the day was Vatuvai, but Vatuvai was a little spongy. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of Radraja-ish, but more muscly than Radraja. Yep. Sivo no, no. granite. Radraja was more muscly than Vatuvai, wasn't he? I've got a vision in my head that Radraja, if he took off his... Belly? He's, he's not um, trowel, but... No, he's not trowel, no. But I, don't, I, I don't want to say sloppy, but I think Sivo... Vatuvai was pretty ripped. Yeah, I guess those fucking. I still love that yarn about when he had those hamstring injuries and the the Warriors physio had to call in like the horse veterinarian because he just had ne- never dealt with something that large. Bullshit. No better. This is a fair dinkum. Like oh. they had to look at methods of getting his hammies back up to scratch by using sort of horse horse training methods. Um, speaking of hammies, and we'll go back to the eels. Just wanted to just just to talk quick. Has Matt Moylan got the worst hammies ever in the NRL? He's pinging them every week. Oh, there's some famous hammy for people a white man in our game. Jesus, I mean Turbo does has poor hammies. It's and it's just such an annoying injury, and it's a fucking embarrassing injury. Like if you have a compound fracture of your leg and your bone sticking out and blood spurting, like Kieran, Kieran you go off sort of like, yeah, okay, I got pretty wasted there. But a hammy, it's just, oh, I think, I, you know, I've, I've had hammy problems too. It's embarrassing. Kieran Foran stuck out to me. He had just horrendous hammy. But um, it's anyone that has a lot of knee or, um, yeah, lower leg injuries often will get hammies because you, you when you're training, you kind of overcompensate, whatever. Um, but Moylan, you know, when he's bringing that ball to the line, he's a genuine half. He's not a fullback. And I think they have him as that ball player. He put a beautiful try assist in early. And then he tried to chase Corey Thompson and pulled a hammy. And it just feels like you're never going to get a sustained period of Johnson and Moylan on the field together. But they've won three straight, the Sharkies. And um, they look all right. They do look all right. Peter looks great off the bench. He's getting back into fitness. Toby Rudolph is awesome. And then you've got Brandon Hamlin and Ueli. You've got that classic Sharks-style back rowers and your Jack Jake Williams with, with obviously, Graham. And then you've got that ball playing with Jesse Ramian. Who's that uh, short? Is it Royce Hunt? He's good. Yeah. Uh, Came out of the system of the 
the Raiders and the Dogs, but mainly the Raiders. He's been floating around New South Wales Cup for a few years. Yeah, I know, but he's going. He looks really good at the moment. But it's a, it's a good, balanced side. And I just wonder to myself, if Moylan wasn't there and Val Holmes was, what are we oh. talking about now with the Sharks? Oh, we're talking about top four contenders, are we? Mm. I mean, look, it's they had a slow start to the season. And, look, it's a famous adage, but you'd rather have a slow start than end of the season. Do you know what I mean? So mm. they, to me, uh, going back to that top eight, top ten situation, to me, they are more threatening than the Tigers to oh, actually end up. Hey, don't know no, about the that, Tigers, mate. Look, look, re-hurry. Re-hurry. I admit the Tigers looked good last night. They got into a battle and fought hard and looked good. But we've seen this before. Next no, we week, haven't. they'll go and, and draw against the Knights or the Dogs or no, something. Madge has been their coach, mate. Okay. Madge has been their coach. I admit, Madge is the difference seasons. here. But fuck, I have seen this from the Tigers. They've competed against a good team. And then the next week, they'll fucking... Like, to me, the big test... Who the Tigers got next week? That is the test to me if we'll they're a there. different side. We'll get there. The, the thing for me with the Tigers is they're getting the best out of, you know, this is when coaching, there's a, there's a front rower who I don't think I'd ever, Oliver someone, never heard of, and wow. Oliver Clark or something maybe. You know, Eisenhuth, um, Harry Grant is just, he is as good as any hooker out there in the comp. Um, they are playing with, you know, and that little bit of swagger and there's some, Definite um, blowing over the top moments last night, but Madge has got them cooking, and I think I don't know if the Sharks can compete with the Panthers in that style of game. That is a semi-final style of game. I don't think they have that in them like the Tigers do. Uh, well, I just well, I don't think they have it in them now. Mm. But come September, what do we have this year? October, I think they. Could be. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just oh look, there's a hard edge to the sharks potentially. I I I think you're right, but it's not there. John Morris. There is like Ken John, but it, they, they're doing all right. That's a great thing about our game. We got to wait and and hypothesize and see what happens. But but but, but I, I go back to you know when we're talking about the knights, right? And for me, the sharks, tigers, and rabbitos have got a peak that is higher than the knights. The knights don't get out of second and third gear. You can talk about pong all you want. I don't think the ceiling of this night side is high as as high as the sharks, tigers, and rabbitos ceilings. They just, they just no, no. I mean, just tell me right now, knights get knocked out first round of the finals. Of course, but it might be thirteen, twelve because they grind. They're never going to get flogged, flogged, are they? Apart from last week at Cowboy Stadium, but um, <laughs> this, this, you got, you got. I think we've watched enough rugby league over eight years. I mean. For our age, we'd probably be some of the best in well, in, from New, in New Zealand heritage the amount of league we've watched. And we've seen this happen before. Like, the Knights losing to the Cowboys by that. Yeah, I mean, you're a bit concerned about it. But in the long run, it can actually do the club good. Of course, of course. No team has ever had 50 points conceded and ended up winning the comp. And at one stage last week, the Manly were in real strife. Um, and they broke that hoodoo, the Sharks, and we both called it last week, um, which is good good league knowledge from us. Back to the Eels at the top when we um, when we did get sort of sidetracked all the way down to Moreland's hamstring. Fuck. Every week, even in the loss to the Roosters, this Eels team 
and all of you fucking dead shits that love Mitchell Moses and say that he's the one pulling the strings out there, blah bloody blah This Eels team will roll without Moses. They don't. They won't miss him. Joy Field comes out there. I didn't actually see a great deal of the game. What do you think of Joy Field? Uh, again, I think he's moves into a, little, a system like that, and it's it's all positive, working hard, and he didn't miss a beat. Looked really nice. I mean, even at where was he? The Dragons. I mean, he looked good. I don't know why didn't they they keep. To me, he was better than Dufty. Yeah. He always had, but they never gave him the chances that Dufty's had. Uh, it's an interesting and I mean, Dufty. Even um, like Takarangi was well, again. This is when you got good clubs, the ones that go a long way, is they lift players that aren't you. Like they lift players to a different level for one or yeah. two seasons. Yeah, and you see it a lot. Um, and I think you see like near Kore. I mean, these are Kiwis and Takarangi. Like these are fringe Kiwis, very fringe Kiwis, but they're playing like world beaters and just they just not world beaters, but they just they're looking really good, like really good players. And I think that's a good sign what BA's doing there. Talk to me about like another weekend and another Dylan Brown performance. Are we oh, are we yeah. how how high? I mean, how good can this guy be? He's he's just turned twenty. Did you see him um doing some of that bebopping? Yeah, bebop beatboxing. Beatboxing, fuck, boom, boom, whatever it's got. Jesus, he's a talented individual, isn't he? Um, sorry, he his head, head screwed on. Where's he from? New Zealand. Yeah, but what part? Uh, Auckland. Ooh. Very nice. Great history. Um, but the Sevo factor, I mean, the, the thing, right, it wasn't that long ago how, you know, people were talking about how good Blake Ferguson is. Blake Ferguson doesn't he's get a mention. And he's no, a no. quality, quality winger. Not that long ago, he was the Australian winger. He's awesome. And he doesn't even get a mention. He was the best player on the field. Clint Gutherson. Fuck, the Eels are just rolling. Um, the Friday night, uh, sorry, Thursday night was a was a all-time classic. It was uh, I take Hey, I take that back. Actually, Dylan Brown's from Hikarangi in Northland. Make me. Hikarangi? Yeah. Where's that? Hikarangi Stags, just out of Whangarei. Nice. I think I'll be Whangarei. So, the game on Thursday, for me, the Roosters... So he, had moved, been... he moved to Aussie when he was 15. So, he's out He's out of state football, hopefully. Well, no, he is. You have to be 13. There's no... Yes. Just, he's a Kiwi. There's no... There's nothing... I, I you know what the fucking stewards of the world will be doing, trying to get him playing for the fucking New yeah. South Wales. Yeah. So the Storm Roosters Thursday night, Munster was out, and everyone was like, yeah, the Roosters, they'll probably roll them, actually. They probably put a score on the Storm. And with 10 up with eight to go, you're thinking, this is probably how the game, um, game went. And the Roosters weren't even playing well. So the Storm played out of their skin. There's something I want to chat about the Storm. This is just what this this season is is just been so brilliant from the way that different teams are reacting and I've never seen so many different styles of footy team. And and this storm team, right, I was really watching closely. So they start with Christian Welsh and Jesse Bromwich. And then after about twenty five minutes they bring on Tino, um, Fa'amusieli, and he comes on and he is 
I've watched him closely. He is fucking good. Yeah, he's, big, he's got a huge work rate. He's massive. So they they keep Bromwich on. They take Welsh off, and they brought on Tino. And he's just denting the line, denting the line, denting the line. Then about seven minutes later, they bring on a Salford Salamona, and he comes on, and he's sort of working his way back from injury over over the off season. He's bigger than ever. So they're throwing this enormous quartet of props. Welch isn't probably that big, but the skillfulness of Welch, he's a, he's a good um, rotation man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is just unheard of. The, the the size they're bringing off the bench. They started with Brandon Smith at hooker, which, fuck, could be could be something. You know? What about them? Like, Brandon Smith has, I think we talked, oh, they had a, we talked about the biggest hitters in the game over there. Fuck man, he I've never seen a guy his size. The sh- the fucking impact he puts on some of his shots. He brought the he like he made some massive turnovers just with tackles that are so powerful. It, the, the storm side shows you again how the genius of Bellamy that he's he's reworked his game plan. He's slowly like working the defence right, and the Roosters' defence is, is all time great defences. They are brilliant. He's worked the defence with this rotation of these big men. And the game is supposedly sped up and the little men are coming back into the game, but the storm is zagging when everyone else is zigging. And I just thought it was just brilliant tactician masterpiece from Bellamy, how he, how he just slowly just brought another new player, another new player in. And I think that the Roosters were just genuinely spent. They, they got themselves up versus Para. They had the, you know... Not a great game either, a great win against the Dragons, but their forwards, SST, JWH, Cordner, they were spent, Friend was spent, and I think that you're going to see that um, a couple of times this season now that they've lost a couple of players, that, um, and I think Trent will, will rotate, but they were spent, and the Storm, it was a, that was a great victory. Oh, it was, uh, oh, look, it was the Storm, and I, I, I sort of, Thought about this the other night as well. I thought, when are you going to write them off this year? I think you have already, haven't no, you? No, I haven't. You, it's an annual, yeah. And uh, I, I quite like the way you've sort of said they have. They're just doing things differently, like Nas. The way they sort of held him back, and because early on the season, I've sort of said, "What are you doing? Like you're not like they're resting that, and I'm not resting you. They say he's injured and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Tino, like he had wow. massive reps on him and. Like even I guess trained and educated league guys like ours, we're sort of saying, "Hey, well, is this guy the full box?" But fuck, he's good. So he's I, real good. I guess what's different now, Lee, till ten years ago, right, is that that the average prop front row forward is going to play between forty and fifty minutes, unless you're Payne Haas, who's a freak. Yeah, um, the Filipino um, er, uh, aerobic capacity that he has is probably you know allowing himself to go further. But you're looking at the garden variety front rowers in the comp, you're going to play between 40 and 50 minutes. So it all used to all be about who starts and who doesn't. But I think now the game and the way the rules and the way the fatigue is, holding back players off the bench doesn't really make a difference, does it, if you're starting or not? And I think the way that, you know, it's if you finish the game versus if you're starting the game. And the prop rotations, uh, you know, if you're going to play 40 or 50 minutes, does it really matter if you start or if you don't start? And more and more, like looking at Fafita coming off the bench now, maybe it's to do with fitness and getting his way back into it. I don't actually understand that. I think that genuinely Fafita is an impact player. Bring him off the bench. 
Yeah, he is. And he's he's running at 50% at the moment, but he's still, again, one of the most... He's still brilliant. He is still brilliant. And he's been much maligned as well. Like, he he hasn't... He's been... I think he's been criminally underrated. And, I mean, again, in 10 years in that, when the dust has settled on his career, uh, he's also going to have a a huge legacy too with what he's done with the international game. So look, I, I, I love Andrew Fafita and I think he's, he's brilliant. And I think he, oh, for some reason, he, people, he, people love to hate him. Well, he's a dick. He's, uh, a, he's got a bit of dickhead in him, but I think he's probably one of those misunderstood guys. Again, team, his teammates love him. So well, that's a nice segue onto someone else who seems to be another guy that's hated. And, and he's got, He's got a dog. He's got dog in him. No, he's got dog in him, right? He's what we've oh. also referred to him as the baddest man on the planet. He often refers to himself as the best center in the competition. He <laughs> has got grub in him, no doubt about it. But the level and the and the and the vitriol that was coming out um, aimed at Joseph B J Lalu after last night. Did you see what Warren Smith said? Yeah, and then I was fuck. I saw that, and Warren Smith had. What is Warren Smith doing, mate? He's a level-headed headed commentator. He's coming out with outrageous calls recently. Warren was speaking last night, so this is what he said: Not only should Joey Leilua get six weeks for his high shot on Dylan Edwards at the end of the suspension, the Tigers should tear up his contract. Worst signing by any club in the NRL era. Oh, Actually, Warren. the Tigers should be made to extend the Leilua deal for 12 months and play him every game as punishment for thinking that there was upside in signing him. Was there anybody who thought he wouldn't be the same hothead he's always been who consistently hurts his team? That is one of the worst takes I've ever, ever. heard from my, uh, someone I have a respect for in rugby league. Ever. He could... It, the Raiders won't make the grand final this year and one of the yeah. bigger re- biggest reasons for that will be they don't have BJ out there. Uh, okay, so... I think BJ's just been confirmed as four weeks. So that's about right for that shot. And that was a dog shot. Oh, I'm too. not going to excuse it, okay? It's it's poor play. I think a bit had to do with how his brother was got exactly. knocked out he or was whatever. Anyway, he saw red. He was quite right. He saw red. And, and BJ does this. The, the, the funny thing is, is that BJ really only does this once or twice a year, okay? And he has this in his game. But he, you know... Curtis Scott, I, I, I'll listen. You know, other players have you know bit of bit of shit in their game. I mean, even Billy Slater had shit in his game that people oh, yeah. overlook. BJ people don't like BJ for for who he is because he's a what about what I mean? The, the famous overlooking is James Graham's bite. I believe like that I'm, has. Weird. I'm glad you brought that up. You're not allowed to even bring that. Like, why does no one bring that up anymore? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, because I was bringing it up all morning and. Graham bit Billy Slater's ear in a, in a grand final. Then a couple of years, you know, for the first two or three years for the dogs, he was fighting fucking everyone. Remember the infamous 2000 and... It's the Rabbitohs. 14 Rabbitohs um, Easter game. And he was basically like pointing like he was going to punch the referee. He was He's blowing everyone. And he celebrated as, you know, a fierce competitor. And yeah, yeah. yes, BJ did that off the ball, and that was a dog shot. But why, on one hand, are we celebrating James Graham for being a wonderful, wonderful man, and BJJ yep. Lelua doesn't get that same? And and you know, different 
players, different personalities. Um, but BJ is a phenomenal footballer, and and you play him because he's going to win you games, and it's his intimidation factor. And that yes, his defence, his one-on-one defence is fucking suspect. Okay, but the Raiders would be fucking begging him to come back right now, and they are missing him big time. Yes, he has some defensive lapses, but so do so many players out there, like that we've mentioned on the show before, Mitch Moses. James Maloney did miss tackle count and penalty count every year. But people look past that for his greatness. So why can't people look past BJ's misgivings, shortcomings, for the brilliance of the man himself? I'm shocked by Waz's take. I I am. And and look, Charlie Gubb said, who's he played with him at the Raiders, said he's like the most liked player on the whole on the there whole you team, you know, like Love everyone loves having yarns, catching up, having a coffee with them in the mornings. He's a, like he's the guy you want on your team. So, I I, yeah. I I would say never change BJ. If I was Michael Maguire, I'd say, look, please don't change your aggression. Don't do off the bullshit like that. That there's nothing good about yeah. that. Like he'll get told off by Midge for that, but Midge is a smart enough guy that he'll realize if they can somehow get in um, in the eight or are still in touch when he comes back. He will. He he's potentially can get you into the eight single handedly. If you take BJ Leilua out of that Tigers side, and they are not, they are just the same bullshit Tigers ninth or tenth side that they have been the last ten years. He's the <laughs> only him and Harry Grant are the and I guess Nofaluma now too. No, oh, no, don't bring Nofaluma into it, especially. I, so, I know you love him, but take your glasses off and realize. You also, earlier in the show, said the game is now for big wingers that get you going forward. Yeah. So he, he, he plays above his weight, but he's phenomenally strong in his carries from inside. He'd probably be leading yeah, the comp in winger meters. I like Nofaluma too, but he's not as good as you make out. Like he's mm-hmm. Odd he's, not he's in, he's in the top, in... top five wingers for sure. Maybe top three. That's ridiculous. You, you've got, uh, you, yeah, you love him, and I like it how you have got favourite players, but Come on, mate. You take BJ Lailua out of that Tigers side, and they are just a different. They are a different side. He adds so much intimidation to them. And it's going to be very interesting these next four weeks what they actually look like without him. And 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 I can imagine exactly what they're going to go back to. They're going to go back to that team in early two thousand, early two thousand nineteen, where they could they would like in the top four by just grinding out games, but. You're just like, guys, you can't keep grinding out wins like this till September. Really interesting. I'm going to go, um, while we're on the Tigers, let's get balls deep in the Tigers, okay? So the Tigers lost a round four game to the Titans, of which you could probably blame it on the referee, right? They scored 23 points in that game up at Seabus. No, it's actually at the um, Suncorp. And then yep. Benji Marshall was turfed, controversially, for his defense. Yep. Round five, the Tigers scored six points. They lost 14-6 at Campbell down to the Raiders, okay? Yep. Round six, the Tigers had a good win against the worst team in the competition, Cowboys, 36-20. Campbell down. They let in 20 points. Round seven, Tigers... Again, without Marshall, played the second worst team in the competition, the Bulldogs. They won thirty-four to six, leading six points. And then round eight, lost twelve nineteen to the Panthers. 
So in their losses, they've scored 6 and 12 points. In their wins, they've scored 34 and 36 points. It's time to fuck Josh Reynolds off again, okay? It really hasn't done much to the Tigers. They're 2-2. Two and two. That's just Tigers to a fucking T. They've sacrificed their attack for the defense. And, you know, Josh Reynolds dropped off some... Did you see how he tried to go at Kikau yesterday? It's no. Like, it's like when a cat jumps at a tree, but misses it and falls backwards, somehow lands on his feet. It's your old school, <laughs> like Jamie Soward jumping up at GI. Remember that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just him off. It was round one, yeah. 2010. And he just fucking palmed him off. Reynolds versus Benji. What's your take? I mean, obviously we're biased. <laughs> Oh, to be honest, I think Reynolds is going okay. I, I do too, mate. I do too, but what's the fucking cap? I, I think it's... What's the ceiling on a I... Reynolds side versus Benji? What's the ceiling? Oh, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, but maybe Medge is doing it right. They're like, Benji's an old fella now. Like, maybe you do want him in the last few rounds going to the finals. Oh, Benji Marshall will have a say on this Tigers season. Don't get me wrong. But when's the time to pull that trigger? Who the Tigers got next week? I think that's really important. Rabbitohs. Next Friday. Oh. 7.55pm. So there's no Thursday night game? Uh, must be. Well, well I don't be? think there is. Yet, next yeah. week. Because maybe it's next week the first bye week. Sorry, no, I'm wrong. Origin. Sorry, I'm wrong. Are there no buys? No. Shit, we've got. I mean, we might as well get here now. Cowboys hosting the Roosters. Okay, that's a sort of interesting. Is that Thursday night? Yeah, are we going to be writing Paul Green's obituary? Oh, you don't get you don't. I don't think you lose your job after like losing to the benchmark team on a Thursday night. True, that's true. Have you seen Paul Green's CV? <laughs> no. Apparently, it's just a photo of Jonathan Thurston. Quote. Oh, you need to reference that. That You didn't go over that, did you? It was NRL Conspiracies, I think. <laughs> it was the name of the... Of, shout out to who you are. Um, pub game. Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. The sports bed has a $1.90 for both teams. Cannot Ooh. separate them. The 15th placed... Titans play the 12th placed Warriors. Wow, that is a game of football, isn't it? I'm going to book a nice pub just to settle in and watch it. In fact, I actually watched, um, and I've said this on the show before, the pub game for a Victard Leaguey is one of the best inventions Landis and Greenberg have come up with, or Greenberg probably came up with, because you can actually go to a pub and you can have the, the league on the biggest TV in the whole fucking um, pub. And uh, and being a Warriors fan, it almost doubles the satisfaction, right? Because we play so many pub games. We do play um, a lot of pub games. So I went to the pub the other night, and um, obviously it was Dragons uh, Raiders, and they put the pub game on for us on a massive screen. And there was a table behind us, with, I don't know, like Irish Aussie weirdos. And um, they were like, it was five minutes left. And they just kept going, oh, no, turn over to the, I don't know, it was fucking cold and all that. Like, turn over, I'm like, no, nah, mate, you you finish the end of this game. you got to finish it. You can't, when the, the you, I'd never finish your, oh, I probably would, your VFL game before it ended. And then um, 
yeah, and then to, but that was great. Then we uh, got kicked, or we didn't get kicked out because we only had the ta- uh, table for two hours. Then we went around to Symes to watch Hill's, um Cowboys. But how, yeah, late, how late did that night go for you? I saw some very interesting videos coming out of that. Uh, I smoke bombed at about half past ten. Like, well done. That, to me, that is the that, to that's me life. that's one of the best Fridays you can have. Six p.m. turn up in a pub. Yeah, we were drinking pints so quickly, and then what we did, and then we got kicked out of the pub at eight. Went round to a mate's apartment. Uh, How did with... you leave at ten thirty by going to a mate's place at eight? There is just that you have to do a lot of things right to get out of a mate's house on a Friday night in two hours. Because I, I am betting yeah. dollars to donuts, there were things that would make you and your body stay up a little bit later. Um, yeah, no, no, I didn't. I didn't partake or anything in that. I was just like all I could think about was looking after the kids on Saturday, and I just wanted to be in. Some type of semblance of human being to do it. Well done. Yeah, but then I did. But then I got an Uber and went past McDonald's and ordered a family pack, thirty four ninety five for just me. So I was <laughs> I was absolute pig by the end of it. And then I sat there because Sheena was still up and just ate it in front of her. Did you offer her anything? Oh, she doesn't eat McDonald's, mate. Yeah, quote um, nutrition based. So yeah, I tell you what, the the payoff of enjoying yourself in a, you know, you might have a little bit of an early knock Friday, watching some footy, get into the pub and a mate's house and leaving at 10.30 and being able to rise on a Saturday morning. And oh. if you can get a little gym session and it just... Just high-fiving myself. Just high-fiving oh, myself. But, uh, uh, you know, and your football side wins on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. You, you've, you've played this weekend, you know, You've obviously left a few outside off stump. You've nicked a few through. And now your eyes in. Like anything could happen for you this afternoon. Anything. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I'm you're so playing with house up. money. What? You're, play, you're playing with house money now. Like yeah, you could right. go, you could leave the house right now, go on a 48 hour bender, turn up to work on Wednesday morning, and <laughs> you'd still be welcomed home by the missus. Um, for some corn silver side and mashed potato on Wednesday. Oh, I think quite actually. And the other thing was brilliant that the niece has got a birthday today, and it's, they're having it at night for some reason. Oh. And so they're going to go around for a dinner birthday, so we carry on. And I, they sort of said to you, "Well, Jack, we know you don't really like kids, so you can stay at home. So I can actually watch the six thirty game." <laughs> No uh, distractions. Okay, we've got to talk about the six thirty game. We have to talk about the fact that well, we it's, ba- it's bad we for our game. Next week, next 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 week's rounds. Okay, you just got the pub game, so really that's going to be pretty boring. We could win that and be four and five. You're speaking my language. Then Friday, we still don't have a name for the second pub game. I just. I don't think we have that yet, but it it's needs just, to be something. It's, it's Friday night football, mate. That's Friday night. Always has been, always will be. Um, we've got Rabbitohs Tigers. Fuck yeah. At I mean, West. What, whatever happens tonight, that's a great game. Whatever happens tonight, it's a great game. Sharks Panthers. Bank West. Oh, that is your... That, that's okay. juicy. So you and I arguing with the Sharks and Tigers are more the real deal. That that could answer That it. answers that, those two games. Broncos, 14th, hosting the Dogs, Suncorp. $1.56 for the Broncos. How can they lose that? They can't lose that. 
But this is the dogs, a club that is born and renowned for fighting for a win. And they would be licking their lips. They think they can get a win there. Shit, we're going to get better and better. Raiders hosting the storm at Campbelltown. Why can't they go back to Bruce? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's the week after because of our nation's capital is in a different um, different part. So I'm not sure if that's got anything to do with it. The Knights up at Central Coast Stadium, Central Coast, the second best surface in our game after Seabus. After Seabus, they're hosting the Eels. Is that the 4 p.m. game? 4 p.m. Sunday. And then the 6.30 time slot, which has to go. Dragons at Campbelltown hosting the legal council favourite Manly Sea Eagles. So it's a very, very, very good week of footy next week. The the last thing I want to talk about before we do our tips and we piss off is the 6.30 Sunday game needs to go. It's, oh, it's a horrible game. I want a 2 p.m. I either want a 2 p.m. Sunday or I want a 2 p.m. Um, earlier game on Saturday. Rewind that three game back. Actually, no, that's not. We've already got three games. I just want a 2 p.m. game on Sunday. 2 p.m., 4 p.m. on Sunday would be perfect. And then you just... And it's always the shit game is the shit sandwich, you know. It's Warriors-Titans at Robina. It's the at shit what, game before the... Sunday? Pardon? At 2 p.m. Sunday. 2 p.m. Sunday is always the shit game. And it's yeah, it can be. I don't care. You could play bloody fucking local PNG league. I'd watch it. You can you can give me dragons dogs at Cogra at two p.m. and I'd lap it up. Yeah, quote. Um, but six thirty p.m. Sunday. Apparently, it's a heritage game. That's why. I heard what? this morning. Well, it's just it always used to be the olden days. Like they used to delay tape, delay and and, and show it. I, I don't see that as a reason. Oh, I just no, that just that's the worst excuse I've it's, ever heard. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, now, I, I was watching Twitter today, and I do have a little bit of banter back and forth with Joel Kane at times. He's, he's a lot of fun. Good guy. Very. And so is Jamie Soward, too, isn't he? Jamie Soward loves LC. I've been calling him out about hey. legal counsel. Oh, sorry, about Sean Johnson. Um, <laughs> we've got... He, so, so Joel Kane said, bit of the year today, he said, He's told his punters club to put the whole balance on, and he said they won't because there's a few um, few cunts in there, and then he named them. He goes, this is the bit of the year. The Knights to go to Lotto Land and beat Manly. And, I, and my, ears just, my ears just pricked up, and I'm like, oh. fuck me. Eagles bouncing off a 40-point drubbing. Des Hazard is the coach. Newcastle coming into their home ground. Des is the master of the ambush. If there's one thing I will be punting on this week is a manly bounce back. Manly. So you're opposite Kano. You're opposite Joe Kane. Yes. Manly for me. What about you? But hang on. You've got to remember who Joel Kane works for too. So he's always got... There we go. That's it. Joel Kane's trying to fucking... No, no, uh, no, no. no. He works for Sportsbet. Yeah, of course. But his reputation... Is on the line here. Sugar. He calls himself hey, Sugar. Mate, if we had our reputations were in line for calls on league games, we'd be, we'd be in you a funny... You can't say bit of the season bag. and not believe it. Yeah, I guess so. Who do you like? Yeah. Okay. Oh, manly. Definitely. Of course. It's a fucking no-brainer. Okay. Now... I was a bit wrong last week when I said you were two from two last week. 
But, uh, I thought the dogs could win, and I said they'd win well too. So apologies to the to the who they're playing Tigers. The dogs <laughs> are five dollars at Bankwest Stadium against the Rabbitohs. I want my 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 heart wants to tip the dogs. What are you doing, Ringari? You know there's no chance for the dogs. My heart <laughs> wants to tip the dogs, but I'm not. You you let me down last week, and this means that they lose to the Broncos next week. And I think, unfortunately, and he shouldn't be, but Dean Payne might be in the gun at the end of next week. And that's sad. But I think the Rabbitohs and Wayne Bennett at $1.19 get over the Bulldogs. Manly and Rabbitohs for me. And playing I'm playing a Lethal Mitchell uh, hat trick. Masterclass. Yeah, so Manly and Rabbitohs for you too. Yeah. Well, what a, way to, what a way to end the week when we're aligned like that. And when we're aligned, we, we're pretty hard to stop. Well, I hope so. That's our bit of the week then, because uh, bit of the year, because we don't have many bits of the year. No, well, oh, no, sorry, we don't align that often no, on a we Sunday. Don't. We never, we never align. But I, I know that the the only way for us to align is for Manly to be playing one of those games because we always <laughs> the dog, the other one, and and the dogs. <laughs> so it's if Manly and someone's playing the dogs, there's a strong chance of alignment. Oh, oh, oh. Um, well, fuck. Who's looking forward to um? Big weekend, a uh, big Sunday of footy, big week next week. Our competition keeps on delivering. It's one of the most enjoyable, I guess, because we've been deprived, haven't we? It's just every game is enjoyable at the moment. I'll, yeah. I'll watch anything. In fact, I reckon we should probably throw in like a bit of a catastrophe every three or four years just to keep us salivating for it. A global pandemic and our game. I did, I did read on, um, admittedly, it was on NRL.com. Don't know if I can believe it, but the NFL have reached out to the NRL about um, how they've been running the game and hosting the games. I'm seeing for some tips, obviously, with the NRL, uh, NFL approaching in September. So, so the NFL, I mean, are they are they even like from what I'm I'm not like right into it, but it seems like they aren't even they're just ignoring there's like a pandemic. Well, of course they are. <laughs> it's America. Trump's ignoring as a pandemic. But the NBA aren't. Adam Silver hasn't. No, because he's he you know, they're very different sports, aren't they? NFL yeah. is old money. It's oil money, it's fucking plantation that, money. Yeah. Whereas the NBA is a lot of like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. hedge fund money and stuff. So they're, 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 and then it shows by the way that they're governed from Goodell versus Silver. But um yeah. the NFL, the one thing I knew that right from the get go is that Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots, and Jerry Jones, who owns the Cowboys, two of the most storied franchises in the NFL, they donated to Trump. So you think that they're going to let Trump forget that when they when they are coming up to September and there's talks about whether they're going to have the NFL season or not? They they there's no doubt in my mind that they'll have it. So what's baseball doing? Baseball's basically on hiatus. So they're the so well, where their money's more like just middle class America, isn't it? White middle class America. It's not a sport I know. NBA and NFL. Oh, it's also Latino as well, too. So, yeah, but I think that they are um, they're fighting it. I think a little bit, but I think it's it's a it's a lost cause. Whereas the NBA, they're obviously going to the Orlando bubble, and yeah. there's there's twelve players already have been diagnosed with coronavirus that we know of, and quite big names too that are, that are um. You see Jabari, yeah, but I mean, I mean they're okay, aren't they? Yeah, of course. It's it's yeah. probably easier to recover, but who knows? Um, I mean, and and I, I think it's just so bad in Florida right now, where there's obviously three NFL teams. So 
they're, they're going to have their challenges in NFL. I just just see them just blindly pushing through it, and it will be a war yeah. of attrition. There'll be a lot of people and that just the fall crowd, out. There. Crowds? Nah, I think the crowds is a different thing. Whether they have yeah. crowds or not is is different, and I don't think they will. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, though, isn't it? How everyone's doing it differently. Yeah. Um, what do you just just lastly? Is there, is there a player that you're watching today, Sea Eagles Knights, that you just like? I'm gonna, you know, sometimes I just like to have a player that I'm watching. And today for me, it's Bradman Best. I want to see what he's all about. Uh, well, I like I. I'm gonna watch Curtis Sheridan. Really? Yeah, I just I like him. I like and um, I'm starting to, like, a couple of weeks ago. I was watching. I was thinking. I think he might be a little bit underrated. Yeah, he's um. He's a very good manly player. He's a, you know, he's in that Joel Thompson mode, isn't he? He's in that like tradesman like second rower that helps them fill out their roster, but gives you a little bit more. Um, but he's a ball player. He could have been like he's he's Paul Surinan's like one of the great sons too, and I quite respect him how he's not a he's not a big note or anything. He sort of like um, just gets on with it. Like he, he's, he's he's Sydney rugby league royalty, but it's a bit to like, isn't it? And, and yeah. Bailey, who's the reserve number nine, who's following Bailey. Uh, yeah, no, nah, is he half on the second row? Nah, he's, he's a bit of a utility. I was talking to Ryan yeah. Cribb the other day, big fan of the show. And, um, he, yeah, I, hey, I like the Sternan family. I mean, I would, would love to go around there for like a son, a Christmas barbecue. I reckon they'd be great. Like they just seem, Good cunts. Do you think Siro is uh, is he more meat based or seafood? My, my, I'm immediately going to that. That Christmas Barbie is predominantly seafood, and I'm not sure I would enjoy that. No, I'm not saying about the Christmas family, but I'm talking about like leading up, like I'm saying December sixteenth. You know, okay. standard real nice weather. They've got a real nice patio at Paul's place in uh, East Ride. Um, I think it'd just be a good place to be. You know, I don't. Th- I think they'd be. They'd joke the same as us, but I don't think that'd be too... Cr- I think they'd just be a good league family. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. I think... I've always enjoyed Siro post... Um, especially his ads, his Lowe's ads. Exactly. Like, he's just... He's a... He's, a, he's just a... He's, who, if I end up being Siro when I'm 55, I think I've had a good go. Yeah, a very good go. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've had a good go today as well. There's a lovely little Sunday waiting for us, and you've got to love your league. Love your league. If he leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. Takes away the biggest part of me.